Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for the... Oh, it's the weekend. It's the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news and the day before, because it's the weekend edition. I know it sounds like I've just realised that. I think I knew that. Um, I'm, I'm just a bit distracted because I've been watching the uh, Black Caps uh, score the highest total ever in a um, T20 World Cup final. So I'm sure they'll win. Uh, just like I was sure the All Blacks would win yesterday. Uh, we, we talked to somebody who uh, used to be in Dire Straits. He's got a book about out about being in Dire Straits. And Ruby Wax uh, has a book about mindfulness. It's Bookarama on the pod this morning. But first up... Uh, when, in terms of reading, I don't think the government likes reading the poll numbers at the moment. Here's Peter Dunn. He's been reading them as well. Not great for the government. Is it a trend? Start of something, um, some, start yeah, of something I, interesting or what? I think it's a trend. It's certainly not a death knell. It's a trend. It's not a good trend. And the, and the most worrying figure from the government's point of view, I think, is not the, the National Labour Horse Race, but it's the, uh, the country right track, wrong track question. And the really interesting thing in one of the polls was the first time since 2008, since before John Key became Prime Minister, by only a 1% margin, people are saying the country's now heading in the wrong direction. So that would be a worry for the government. The other thing is 75% of people in one of the polls said that they thought things would get worse with COVID rather than better. So looking ahead, I think it's greeting. As I say, it's not terminal, but it's not a bright future for them. And they've got a lot of work to do to try and recover uh, the ground they're losing over the next few years. Peter, given you're a centrist and, and you're able to see both sides, um, there's a lot of, I would argue, quite prominent uh, right-wing media commentators who are extremely critical of the government. If National were in and there was record low unemployment and despite a global pandemic, there was much lower debt to GDP than comparable nations and an economy that was one of the best performing in the world in the last 18 months, um, do you think we wouldn't be getting that same level of criticism and we'd have a, a higher level of public satisfaction with government performance? I'm not sure about the latter. We may well be getting less of the former criticism, but I think these things are cyclical. I thought that was a great question by Roxy. Love that question. Uh, but, yeah, Peter Dunn also makes a good point. That when your time's up, your time's up. doesn't matter whether you do a great job or a terrible job. Time's up. Um, by now, you'll know if the uh, Black Caps won or lost. Um, I don't know that yet because I've only seen half the game as I record this. Uh, but uh, even before seeing any of the game, way back on Saturday morning, Jack Tame was pretty sure that they're the best team in the world. They prioritised the spirit of the game above winning the game. And this time, this time, it paid off. In a sport with big egos where it's perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable to slag off and unsettle your opponents, the Black Caps have proved that nice guys don't always finish last. And compare that with our closest neighbours. Compare that with our opponents in the T20 World Cup final. In the same period the Black Caps have developed the reputation as the nice guys of world cricket, Australia has seen its captain banned from the sport for cheating. There is just so much to be said for not being dicks. With all that in mind, I am keenly waiting for the T20 World Cup final. Maybe we'll win, maybe we'll lose. Either way, I will savour being there. The first ball is 3am on Monday morning. This time, there will be no compromise. 
I've already set the alarm. Yeah, my daughter asked me um, if I was getting up for this game, and I pointed out that I would be at work for this game. So, yeah, it'll be on one of the TVs in front of me, which it is. <sighs> um, I didn't get up uh, for the All Blacks. Um, yeah, I've fallen out of love with rugby, I've, it must be said. And maybe the All Blacks have too now after the weekend. Uh, was that the sort of the dominant performance that you were expecting? No, it wasn't, Miles. I think um, we're all in, in, in a little bit surprised. I think um, there has been a bit of an evolution about the way Ireland have played in the last six months, particularly towards the end of the Six Nations. They had a very, you know, finished the Six Nations really well against England. They were expansive in their approach. Their execution was a lot better. And. I suppose um, we're surprised because they've only played, they played a couple of tests over the summer against the USA and Japan and it was a very much a mix and match Irish sides that played those games and you know it's the start of our season here and a lot of these Irish guys haven't many games played with their provinces. Um, obviously last week against Japan there was a lot of positives and we were a little bit surprised by how much they won by and maybe the the execution that they showed um, but I didn't see that coming uh, I thought would, I wanted Ireland to be competitive today against New Zealand and it was more in hope I thought New Zealand were 10 points a better side in the bookies and I thought that was about right so I was really surprised with the way Ireland played and the way they executed and the intensity they brought for, for the 80 minutes So former Ireland loose forward Alan Quinlan there uh, reporting for either from a bathroom or a ballroom not quite sure why it was so echoey but anyway um, yeah oh. turning, turning into one of those stub your toe teams Ireland for us aren't they and now we've got the other stub your toe team, France, coming up as well. They've got to be nervous about that now, don't they? Uh, now, uh, John Ellsley uh, uh, used to be in a band called Dire Straits. You may have heard of them. He's written a book about it. What is it like, John, to walk on stage in front of 80,000 people? Wonderful. <laughs> um, well... Uh, what's it like? It's quite difficult to explain, but it, it, it it's a what I, what I find about those situations is when I when I think about them properly. When you're doing it, you you really don't think about it. You're just sort of doing it because you're doing it regularly. But it's um, it's a wonderful moment when you you realise that you are communicating with an awful lot of people who share the same thing that you do which is a love of music and the feel of music and what it means to everybody involved. And, and I think that's a, a very, almost just like a spiritual moment. Uh, I, I was going to use the word religious, but that, that might get me into trouble. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible uh, sharing of uh, something very beautiful. And, I, and, I, and it, it, that's why... You know, we love playing live music uh, because it's 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 momentary, it's instantaneous, and it's very poignant. I think to both sides, the people who are listening and the people who are playing. Does anything else compare? 
Oh, that's getting down to it now, isn't it? <laughs> it's interesting listening to uh, rock stars talking about being on stage in a stadium concert. It's a bit like listening to astronauts talking about going to space. Um, you know, they, it's just their feeling like they'll do anything to always be out there all the time and you'll never understand. I mean, I, I, I remember distinctly being in the final of the uh, Smoke Free Rock Fest, well, regional final, Founders Theatre in Hamilton. I'll tell you what, it's a pretty good night. We were only on stage for three songs. Uh, and that was a million billion years ago. <laughs> I, w- I saw Dire Straits live at Athletic Park once. I don't know if we were, there were 80,000 of us in the crowd, but we got there early and I was right up the front. That's cool. Um, right, we're going to finish up here. Uh, so, yeah, John Ilsley, he's got a book out. Ruby Wax has got a book out. Who's on mindfulness, though? Not being a rock star, because she's not a rock star. We live in an age with social media where, in a sense, we are more connected than ever, but there's a real shallowness to a lot of that connection. And over the last 18 months, I think a lot of us have found ourselves at certain times sitting down and going, actually, what are the things that fill my bucket when it comes to connection? And they are more meaningful connections than we've maybe been prioritizing. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that that this was a real wake-up call. You know, we didn't think, we thought, you know, as long as I keep answering the emails, the world will stay steady. And, uh, and now suddenly you're distractionless. Yeah. You don't know where to put your fingers. You don't know what to shop for. I mean, you know, you could, but it's still a little irrelevant when nobody sees what you're wearing on your lower half. <laughs> so I think people did say, you know, I'm not talking about people that need to eat. You know, this yeah. is, we're talking about the privileged, but we do say, okay, do I do the same old, same old, or do I do something that gives me a little a little more weight, you know, yeah. so that I don't have to depend on how many followers I have? Yeah. What, what's going on inside of me? You know, just look inside a little bit and learn about yourself. You know, it's like, we're. I always say, it's like we have our brain. We don't know how to manage it. It's like we have a Ferrari on top of our heads, but nobody gave us the key. But learn, you know, there are ways to understand how to manage not just day to day, but like when the seas get rough, yeah. what are you going to do about it? And now is the time to really focus in on it. So that's why I wrote the book. It's giving you exercises. It's teaching you about yourself, but not in a heavyweight way. But mm. we have to know how does the machine work? You know, what's going on with the mothership? Otherwise, your own brain is going to take you down. I don't feel like I've got a Ferrari on top of my head. I'm quite sure what she meant by that, but... I'm pretty sure I don't. I drive a Hyundai i20, and I'm pretty sure that's about where my head's at. It's about Hyundai i20 level. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB. Uh, go the Black Caps. And, um, I mean, it's pointless me saying that now. Like, and most people who are listening to this, uh, the, the game's already finished. I don't even know why I put that Black Caps stuff in there. If only I could go back somehow. Do I don't know how to do that. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB. We'll see you back here again. Uh, more tomorrow.